Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pilgrims Podcast brought to you by Swaz. Swaz is a world leading producer of top tier custom made football kits from Plymouth. Customers can go to their website swaz.co.uk and use their specialised football kit builder to create whatever football kit design they like. Yes, and joining me, Tom Kirk, is Mark Lovell and Alex Hind, speaking straight after the Southampton-Argyle game. Feeling pretty hard done by gents, aren't we? Yeah, that was almost, you know, the smashing grab of the century. You know, brilliant play by Whitaker, carving out that chance for Bali Mumba to nod home at the back post. Cruelly robbed of that opening goal. Um, we'll never know. We'll never know because they went up the other end and scored, literally scored with the next attack. Um, yeah, feeling a little bit raw and robbed, but uh, plenty of positives to take from that. And hopefully we can, you know, get back to home park and see in the new year with a win against Watford. Alex, the place I'm going to take this is two places I didn't think it would go. Just quickly scrolling the socials. Um, a few Southampton fans stick out as thinking that it didn't matter because they were so dominant that they'd have gone and win the game anyway. But football's not like that, is it? No, football's not like that. You never know what was going to happen. The fact is, it was the way that they went down the other end of the pitch and scored almost immediately because they wouldn't have been able to do that had we had to go back to the middle and restart the game and they would have passed it back and they wouldn't have had that forward momentum. So it wasn't it wasn't just that our goal wasn't allowed. It was that from that they went and scored and the whole game could have been completely different. I mean, we got to three quarters of the way through the game without them scoring a goal. So why are they to think that they're going to go and score one, two, three after that? Mm, mm. I do. After these sorts of happenings, um, I feel we all um, remember all the ones that have gone against us and say, you know, shit refs, we always get them. But I, I want to try and like list the key moments that I think have been really, really poor calls, really below par, unacceptable standard of call, which I assume you're probably going to get one or two a season. Because I'm going to listen. Because in my mind is like, oh, is it that bad? Or 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 has or when they go against us, we don't think about it much, so we don't think about it. But I genuinely can't remember that many cast irons in our favour. Possibly that Middlesbrough one when Miller fouled him. Um, but I'm thinking of the Millwall elbow before the goal. Swansea scored a goal where Jamal Lowe fouls. I think Joe Edwards quite. Blankly in front of the ref. I'm thinking of Bundu at Ipswich. Um, yeah, th- there's been a lot, hasn't there? Coventry. Uh, Coventry, I mean, that's probably out. Well, that's not gone our way. Um, yeah, so... And, and then and if I try and think of the ones that haven't, uh, you know, that, that have gone in our favour, I, I just can't think of any, really. Uh, by that one that I said, and that's not because I'm, I think my mind's clouded. I just think we've been super, super, super unlucky. I'm not going down the route of conspiracy, but um... it's disappointing and it's frustrating. But and every fan's going to be upset about it. But and if you're a team who is fighting for promotion, or you're a team where we are, where every single point really, really matters, it makes a much bigger difference. If you're sitting in mid-table. Yes, you're sitting there kind of philosophically saying some go for you, some go against you. 
when you're down where we are, you can't afford to have points taken from you by the officials. Mm. This was the it could, first it could goal. Set the, you know, we're talking about refereeing decisions that could set the club back five years. This is this is the first goal, isn't it? I suppose all the others is how crucial are they? Obviously, the the Bundu one against Ipswich was quite early, but those Millwall Swansea ones, you know, we were kind of pushing for an equaliser and it extended their lead. This is the first goal. Now, I get you could also argue, well, there's loads more of the game to play. So what happens after that? But you don't know, do you? But I mean, that's no grounds to rule out the bloody goal, is it? You go, well, they'd had 26 shots, so it was going to happen anyway. No, football don't work like that. We score, we slow the game down, they don't score. We go deeper than we were already going. Completely different story. And yeah, look, they put the pressure on and get a point. That's still a point. Um, real game changer. And I'm, I, I do accept the idea that you need to humanise officials, that they're not going to be perfect. But look at that replay where that linesman is. And Barley's on the, he's got the white line. Yeah, normally the you've thing. got to look, you've, you know, you've got to make that's your position. He makes that call, but he's got the white line. And Bednarek's <laughs> ass is sticking well out. I'm not convinced that Barley actually moves beyond him at any point i might need to rearrange uh, maybe for he does before so i i look back through it and i was trying to figure out how has this bloke got this so wrong because tom you made the point he would have had to have literally looked through the defender to see to see barley he he would Mm. have been blocked by him what happens is barley steps forward before the ball is played and then steps back and then um their player jumps forward as well so there's a couple of movements in there that the 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 linesman is going to see that could have duped him the it's beside the point because Bailey's on side but there were some movements where he he could have been deceived or could have been um confused by them so I, I mean I guess you give him that but you're meant to know Mark aren't you I mean that the idea of unless, unless this had just been lost in football's modernization somewhere I'm not saying favor the attacker but if you don't know don't make the call He can't have known. He obviously thought he'd know, but there wasn't enough margin there for him to know. Um, So why he's putting the flag up, I don't know. Homer, maybe? He's he's, he's guessing. Uh, In the Bundesliga, it's called a big club bonus when these sort of decisions, you know, particularly for Bayern Munich or Borussia Dortmund, they go into a favour. The dodgy offside calls, and uh, it went in... Southampton's favour massively in their favour tonight and it um, we'll never know uh, mm. if we could have held on to that lead you know it was a tremendous moment all for that millisecond and then then you know gutted for Bali Mumba in particular because it could have been a defining moment in his season and then he's hooked off for Mikel Miller within another 10 minutes that's how quickly football changes mm. gutted mm. gutted for him yeah yeah, he's had a great. You look at the linesman's face as he is slowly moving the flag into position, and immediately he knows he knows that he's made a mistake. You can tell by the look on his face. Mm. Um, I'll move on from that point because it's mostly Argyle fans that listen to this, and it's not going to be contentious, is it? It's going to be at what degree that we're annoyed with the official. Um, so let's talk about the approach, which was a which was a park the bus strategy wasn't it let's let's be honest what um Jusnip's got two choices in how he sets out he looks at the lack of points that we've got this year away from home 
wants to try something different. Equally, if you're going to play a counter-attacking defensive game, which was good against QPR, although that wasn't um, by design, that was improvised following the red card, you face... um, with Argyle, you've got to put a lot. You, you're asking a lot of the players who we've kind of all concluded uh, have, uh, have got things to prove that they're good enough for this level. I don't feel our attackers need to prove that. So we're we're spending more of the time near our own goal and further away from the opponent's goal. And generally, as a strategy, that's probably not playing to our strengths, is it? But um, what what do we feel about that? Because Mark, if I come to you, is Obviously, we've not been that well. We haven't we haven't been very good away from home. Whatever we've been doing is not working. So I applaud the appetite to try something different. But fifteen, although they had this two goal lead, Southampton. I think when we started asking them some questions, I think they're weaker at the back than they are at, up top. You know, I just felt that was our most comfortable spell. Was actually two 0 down. Okay, look, they're in second gear or whatever, but. Put in their goalkeeper under pressure and some of their defenders, you know, with some pressing from Bundu and Hardy. Um, obviously, we didn't win the game, so you go back and do something different. But what what did you think of that? It was it was it was worth doing. You you liked the fact that we were going to go and try and you know shit out the win. Absolutely, it, we'll never know. Like I said before, that goal, and then we've got something to hold on to, and a and a draw would have been a good result. Yeah, obviously they they had. So much of the ball, they created chances. Um, but yeah, it's frustrating. But yeah, I like the way that we defended. We didn't mm. you know they had their chances? They're gonna have. They've got a lot of quality. Um, there's a lot to be positive about. Yeah, there's you know hopefully Pelegi's in- injury is not too serious. Gibson's absolutely quality. Galloway, brilliant. You know, mm. so he stays fit. Uh, these are real, true quality defenders. We just need a, a few more quality defenders to add with our attacking uh, stars. Yeah, I mean, you t- said Morgan had a pretty disappointing game, but you know he c- basically set up that goal that never was. You know, and these mm-hmm. these are the moments that he can produce. He has that quality to. And that would have turned the game on his head. Uh, background for, for this, now, yeah, I said offline that Morgan. Um, the point I was trying to make with Morgan is he didn't have a he didn't have a mayor. Don't get me wrong, but I think for for us to win a game where we're so second best in many areas of the pitch, if we were going to win that game, we'd need Southampton to have not their best game and our the majority of our players to have good games. In the first half, the reason that. We defended well, but the reason we didn't really threaten them and peg them back a little bit was our passing was just off. Players not being able to pass to one another, whether that's because of pressure from the Southampton defenders or good defending, I don't know. Um, it felt a bit like imposter syndrome again. That's my gut feel. Because those players can pass the football. Some of Morgan's touches were not that not that great, gave the ball away and let it go out a couple of times. And... Again, I'm I'm far away from saying he had a shocker, but it would just I think if we're going to win those kind of games, Morgan needs to have one of his better games. It at that point it kind of looked like it wasn't going to be our day because it just wasn't coming off for him, and he had that chance right at the end. Weirdly, where we'd fashioned a chance for an equaliser, I thought the decision not to pass the Bundu was 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 a poor one, 
um, perhaps harks back to your point from a few weeks ago, Alex, that whilst we remember all the shots that go in, we seem to quickly forget the passes that aren't made. Yeah. And it goes back to context again. We've had him in a sort of a nutshell this week, haven't we? Because he scored the um, the goal against Birmingham that was a classic Morgan Whitaker. N- n- not many other people are scoring that goal or even attempting to take the shot there. And he savaged the point for us. And then we've seen again today him in a position where there was one shot he took, which possibly forgive him for having, which was completely wild. It was not a shot on at all. Um, didn't go anywhere near the goal. He hardly even connected with it. Where I thought, oh, that's Morgan Whitaker fancying himself from outside the box. And then there was that other time you mentioned where he had a pass that was on for a chance that was the chance. And mm-hmm. he took the shot instead. So we've seen both sides of his game. It's He's not wrong to do either of those things. It shouldn't be he's doing one or the other. I think I made the point last time. He has to be better at understanding the context. And if he's trying to get through a wall of five players and there's nothing on, taking a shot, maybe he can back himself because that is one of his kind of plus points. That's one of his, his part of his toolbox. But if he's got a pass on and you're moving towards goal at pace, that's not the place to be having the shot, Morgan. So decision-making uh, as much as anything. Mm, he, he he's a great passer of the ball, actually. I mean, like I said, Martin, it's not lost to me that the cross for goal was excellent. Um, so he doesn't always need to to shoot. Just yeah, today, you know, some of the things that didn't there was just a a, a wider catalogue than normal of things that didn't go go well for him. You know, it's I'm hard sure when get... it's hard when you, it's hard to talk about the forwards in a game where they're getting almost nothing. They can't even get into the game. They'll have as many as many touches in the first half as they'd normally have in the first 10 minutes, say where they can warm up and get into the game. And also chances are so much more valuable when you're not getting many of them or when you're not getting near the opposition's goal. I get, take your point and I agree with you. We made a mess of it when we had the chance as well. We could have done better very much so, but we all know, and I think we can be honest and it's that Ben Wayne is not the level of the other two forwards we had who came off the bench today. And it's really hard to play a counter-attacking system when you don't have an outlet. And that's what was obvious today. I think Juicenit was caught between a rock and a hard place because what do you do? You try and go for it and see if you can have some bizarre game where you end up winning 3-2 or drawing 3 all. Um, but there's a very high chance that they're just going to come at you and tear you to shreds and you're going to lose four or five. Um, or you try and play the counter-attacking game, which he seems to... Um, lean towards playing his three at the back in the middle, having the double pivot, um, which Aaron Cusack did a really good analysis of in the week, talking about how that gives you more options playing out from the back, which interestingly we didn't try to do at all today. Um, so he 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 like he kind of likes that system, and the counter attacking seems to have been a sensible idea against Southampton, but we just didn't have the personnel to do it properly. So mm. I don't really know what he was supposed to do today. It's a difficult job he, he had to try and pick. Yeah, I think that's the bit. I don't want to lay it on the strategy too much because it was clear that he set up for a flat, you know, I think the official site, uh, the Twitter account called it three, four, three. It wasn't, it was five in the first half, flat five. I think we went in with a clear game plan. This is how we're going to try and nick this one nil clearly. And, you know, if, if it wasn't for that line, that would have been pretty effectual at that point. But, yeah, I just thought in that first half, actually, you can make the point, well, you know, the guys aren't getting service or they don't get many touches, but that's the... We knew that. If we were set up for a game plan where you were going to have eight, nine chances in the game tops and very little of the ball, 
you, you can't let those chances go. And I felt in transitions for the first 40 minutes, we just gave the ball away. Um, sometimes we got to the to their half and gave the ball away, but it was really ineffectual. The, d- the defenders did their job largely all game part by, by that second goal. But actually, when when we started throwing caution to the wind a little bit, I think we when we asked them some questions, then they're, they're not as great as we think we are. I know there's a big gap in terms of wages and recent form, and we're away and they're at home. But I don't think it was you know it, I, we approached it like an FA Cup third round tie when we're back in League One or two. I think we could have asked them a few more questions. That's that's just my view. That's what I took from it. I want to keep it positive. Um, but also, look, look, some of our players, had, I don't think it was Adam Randall's best game for Plymouth Argyle today. I thought Connor Hazard looked as troubled as I've seen him in an Argyle kit. So then my point goes back to if you've got Morgan having an off day, Rand's having an off day, Ben Wayne, not good enough, Connor, you know, shaky, then that's four of your 11. <laughs> Asking a lot of our team to go and get a result where when everybody's not firing all cylinders. Um, we We might not have got any points, Mark, today. Is there enough here to use it as fuel to go and change a game which is more marginal on what the result will be? Well, I mean, it's unrealistic that we were, you know, we needed things to go in our favour to win that game tonight. And we didn't get the goal that we thought we had. So, yeah, harking back to Cardiff. Cardiff was where the, we should have won. Yeah, absolutely. Um I'm with you, Mark, completely. I'm so much more disappointed still about the Cardiff result than I am about anything happened today. Forget about referee decisions and anything to do with that and linesmen. We should have had three points at Cardiff and we shot ourselves in the foot. Today, we were unlucky. Mm, mm. Let's um, let's take a quick pause there and then we'll talk about the uh, Cardiff game in a bit more depth. Okay, welcome back to part two. This is also the Cardiff City debrief, and then we'll take a little uh, preview for the Watford game on New Year's Day as well. We were saying just before the break, Alex, that that was the missed opportunity. Felt like um, that was our best away performance of the season. Probably the weakest um, opposition we've played, certainly on the day. Um, when when you don't win those kind of games, you, you do wonder when the... Uh, next uh, when that first away win is coming which I'm hoping it kind of comes when we least expect it or certainly the next away game whenever that is Huddersfield I think is coming up so that's a big one um but again it, a lot of turmoil a lot of games at the minute and you know clearly I was looking at our bench earlier we're sort of very understaffed aren't we so as much as I don't want to make a big deal about losing the manager because it's happened and let's move on I don't want to be too hard on on the playing staff at the moment um, but yeah, I, I, I took Neil Dusnip's comments. Uh, I received them well, that they were more concerned about not winning a game than picking the point up. Yeah, it was interesting because at the start of the game, there were changes to the lineup. There was a change to the formation. We had Gillespie coming in, in the middle at the back. And then there was a clear strategy from, um, from the defence to try and get some quick balls out from Gillespie because one thing that he is good at is with his um, long-range passing out from the back, which we haven't tried to do. They lent on that and it, there was a couple of absolutely beautiful passes he played out from the back to try and get it from back to front quickly. We talked, uh, just mentioned, hinted earlier at the double pivot um, so we can play out through the middle and try and break with some counter-attacks um, without having to pass the ball around at the back too much. We can move it straight out from the back and it, it really worked. And I was a bit worried when we saw the lineup that 
we were going to be on for another Bristol City type performance. And it ended up being the most frustrating away performance of the season because everybody who was watching that through an Argyle lens felt like we should have got three points. Cardiff were not up to much at all. They, they didn't have... But, but you know, they weren't up to much because I think our tactics did the job. We smothered them in attack. They didn't have many chances because we had the extra man at the back. Um, so I think that was partly down to us as well. We shouldn't just um, say it was because Cardiff weren't great. But, yeah. I enjoyed I the forward was... play. I enjoyed our forward play. I thought it um, it caused them some problems. And, you know, we, we, what we just said about Ben Wayne and then suddenly we play another championship opposition. But the combo between him, Callum Wright and Whitaker, more than adequate for an away performance at this level, I thought. Um, you know, I, I, I appreciate we'd probably have had Hardy if he was available, but um, that was good to see. Um, yeah, another, we've we've said it a lot. I mean, copy and, most of our content sort of copy and pasted from previous <laughs> pods and then you just remove the team name. But I mean, you know, we gifted them a goal. I mean, head, headline writer's dream, by the way, Butcher and Hazard. Um I mean, what can you say to that? I mean, you're not going to win games if that happens, are you? So um, uh, I'm I'm picking our good work, Mark, with just laps of the concentration and errors. What what are they? They aren't. What causes this high error rate? Because I fail to believe our players are so inadequate that that forces them to make errors. But again, I'm I'm going back. This what I was doing earlier about how uh, checking checking myself on the season so far of how have we been are done by referees versus where we've been um, treated favourably. I could do the same with errors leading to goals, Mark. I just seem to add them and add them, add them up. I can remember a few um, going the other way, maybe Blackburn at home rings a bell. But generally we're, you know, we're very, very generous, aren't we, in gifting our opponents head starts or unpicking our good work. Yeah, we, like you said, we, Shot ourselves in the foot numerous occasions. I'm still trying to work out that first goal because it's Butcher play, plays it back, and it's. I mean, Hazard is very left-footed, so he should be able to sort of realign and get it. And he was he was slow to turn as well. Um, the second goal, Miller's clearance is is absolutely abysmal. Yeah, no, straight but... into straight into the path of somebody. He's not closed down. Bang! Thanks very much. Just after half time. Um, yeah, not great. But I mean, we we should have won. Bali should have hit the target. Mm, he should yeah. have fin- finished that one, you know. And um, yeah, there's those fine margins. Hopefully, he shouldn't. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have had to though. That's the point with that goal. Yeah, they had a good chance as well before it. They shouldn't have had to. The game was ours. It was there for the taking, and we go and do something stupid like that. I, I don't know about the mistakes, Tom. I don't know whether it comes down to a lack of trust in each other, and that makes us do silly things. Perhaps um, players who aren't the strongest, um, players who don't get lots of minutes, who come in and they're just a bit nervy and a bit unsure. Um, both of the players involved there were players who aren't first choice in their position. I don't know if that's it. Or is it just a quality thing? Is it just that's one of the differences between, you know, we talk about what's the difference between a, a real top player in this division, someone who can do those things more consistently. Looking at Walker-Peters today and Bali, it was really interesting comparing them because I feel like they're a very similar type of player. And you could tell that Walker-Peters just did everything slightly more accurately, at slightly more pace, with slightly more consistency. 
And there weren't so many times where he miscontrolled it or played a pass that wasn't exactly where it needed to be. And it's those things. And they're just, we see them, they manifest themselves as mistakes. Is it just better players? I can't, I can't think of anything else. You can't, how do you coach that? How do you coach those mistakes out of people other than really getting them to understand a system and where everybody's going to be and what they need to do to the point where it becomes robotic? I don't know. Well, there's a couple of schools of thought. Uh, I'll, I'll refer the second one back to the Southampton game, but I think it's a mentality thing. I think it's in, I think it's this imposter syndrome. And, and here's here's the evidence, here's the exhibits I'll use. You hop back to that first half against Sheffield Wednesday. You know, Sheffield Wednesday were awful, but we weren't confident because we'd been in a mess uh, on, on some poor form ourselves. Hugely affected us up until the first goal. After the first goal, which is a super free kick from Bundu out of nowhere, completely changed. So I actually think we're very affected um, as a group of individuals um, by um, by our by confidence and mentality. No, show me a footballer that isn't affected by confidence, but I just think we um, seem to be more affected than most. I think some of our decision making on an individual level seems to be more influenced by other circumstances. That's my gut feel rather than it just being that and then a few of us will come on a pod and say oh this person's not up to it this person not to i don't see that i saw cardiff yeah away we were better than them birmingham city at home we were better than them stoke city at home we were better than them millwall at home we were better i wouldn't swap many of i wouldn't have brought those clubs i just named there's not many players for those teams that i'd bring in and swap ours for directly we'd obviously be in a conversation to build a squad but i thought we we and this is why I feel a little nervous about sort of relegation is because I just feel we've we've not got the points that our performances deserve. That's my concern. But I don't see these players as being woefully inadequate and then they're just really error-ridden. I don't see it. I feel it's a mentality thing because I can see them for 80, 85 minutes doing the right stuff. Now, somebody might come back and say, is that part of being a professional footballer? Actually, can you perform on the day rather than get stage fright? Mark. Performing under pressure consistently. Yeah, that's that's the key. I think we've we've conceded bad goals at the wrong time in games. It started off early goals, and then it was last gasp winners we were conceding. Um individual errors. Individual errors. We but there's a lot to be positive about. Come on, we're what are we eight points above relegation? We've got a new manager to come in. Mm. We've got we've got the window to strengthen with the Schumacher pug money, and uh, yeah, it will be a, a real achievement to stay in this league. I think with things going in our favour, my sixth place prediction, but everything needs to go in your favour then, you know, and we definitely yeah. need a good window here which uh, hopefully Stoke are not um, going to pinch any of our targets. No, no, that's a hope. Alex, my other point was about, um, my other school of thought was, we can look at the individual um, occurrences where we were hard done by referees or we didn't score, but if we played a game today where we weren't going to create many chances and these things happen in football and life's a shithouse and all that kind of stuff. Um, we were reliant on the referee or, or the assistant referee 
performing there because that was our one shot. That was our one shot. And if we created more chances, maybe we wouldn't be so reliant on it. Equally, you can uh, say that to our defence. Yes, we can look at the mistakes, but you know we're also battling against being quite a high amount of XG from open play conceded anyway. You know, that's the kind of side that we are. So are we asking for it? Is my question. I don't actually think that, but just be devil's advocate. Asking for what exactly? Well, are, are we are we asking for trouble? I mean, if we're con- if we if we are the highest um, XG conceded from open play, yeah, are we? Are we? Is that the issue? Rather than looking at the four or five instances where we've made a mistake, or is it well actually, if we were better than that, then we could still make those mistakes and still be okay. Likewise. I- if we're going to go away and attack and try and create four or five chances tops, um, you know we're going to have things like offsides go against us and that kind of stuff. And we don't have the we don't have the twenty other chances that are going to make that irrelevant. I mean, yeah, if you can if you concede chances, then you are putting yourself in a position where all it it goes back to that I think of fine margins, isn't it? All it's going to take is one thing to tip the balance that might not go in your favour, and you're all of a sudden you're on the back foot. I still think both things. I think you separate the mistakes. We're talking about the mistakes by our players and the fact that we give teams a lot of chances, whether they do that through playing through us or they do that through us putting a bow on one for them. I think it still comes down to the same thing. I think it is down to player quality. I think we've got something of a two-tier squad at the moment. I think there's a handful of players in our starting eleven or let's call it starting 13 or 14 with a few rotations that we're used to seeing that nearly every single other squad in this division, apart from maybe the top four or five, would happily have in their squad. Mm. Not in their first team, but in their squad. And then there's another group of players that I don't think anybody would want. Maybe Rotherham, maybe... but And that's we've said this before, that's the club we are, that's what our resources are, and we have to carefully manage, and this is the manager's job, and this will be the new manager's job, manage the fact that we have some very good players assets if you want to look at it from a business point of view and we have some players who are playing right at their ceiling or have to in order for us to compete in this division and it's managing that through the team selection it's managing that through a man management and what you're asking those better players to do and not being over-reliant on them I think that's one of the biggest challenges is the imbalance in our in our team in quality mm. Um, conscious of time, guys, I just want to move on to uh, the Watford preview, New Year's Day, home game. Uh, Mark, uh, if we win, that's five points from four. Not bad, is it? I think we, I mean, obviously we need to win our win games because our home games because we're not winning away. It'll be great to start the new year with a win. And who knows whether the, the new manager, the new coach, We'll be watching from the Mayflower. 3-1 Argyle, Bundu with the opening goal. Thank you. Uh, what do you think, Alex? We have used we seem to use must-win on home games all the time. Post-Schumacher's exit, I, I want to be kinder to the team. We need to pick up points in those kind of games, but I've lost my appetite to say these things are must-win. I don't think it's a must-win. I'm someone who will only use must-win if we need to get ourselves out of the relegation places or if we are within three points if whoever's in 22nd, which we're not. With the games just finishing up around the country right now, we're currently seven points above that line. So it's not must win at the moment. It would be nice to win. But 
we're calling it a must win as if we know what's going to happen in every other game left in the season. Now, there's plenty of evidence to suggest that team's fortunes change throughout the season. We've got a new manager coming in, for goodness sake. Who knows what we're going to look like? So I'm not going anywhere near must win at the moment. It would be nice to. They've just drawn one all with Stoke um, with a key player sent off. So who knows what can happen? Any any of three results, I think. I don't know. Quick prediction, mate. Uh, two all. Good. We'll leave it there, guys. Keep it nice and short and uh, bring on 2024 for the Argyle. 